0: Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is actor Billy Baldwin. You know him from films such as Backdraft and Slither. He's Alex's brother. He's a staunch Democrat. He always tweets about politics. We're gonna be talking about all that as well as a possible new project with his wife China Phillips. But before we do, I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up Podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman run. It's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's conversation, take a look at the about page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see most of the time I talk to political people, but occasionally. Occasionally, I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com startmeup. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up with Me, a show for patrons only after each free show. Check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com startmeup. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that allows you to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store. Become a subscriber. It's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Billy Baldwin. Welcome to the show, Billy. Well, thanks for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited to have you for so many reasons. And I'm going to I've got so many questions for you. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm excited because, of course, I was a fan of your movies. I've been a fan. Oh, I just have to tell you this, too. I mean, I've always liked uh, China, and I thought your wife, China Phillips, I've always thought she was so freaking beautiful. Um, but what's really funny is like I'm kind of like a hard rock, you know, 70s classic rock. I do like pop music too. But so, uh, like the, the Wilson Phillips was not really my sound, although I appreciated them, but now I've been watching China on her uh, show called California Preachin' and I learned about how the song Hold On came about and I listened to her stories and now I'm like this huge fan. I, lo- I went and I memorized all the words and I listened to it all the time and I sing along and it's just like so funny how things like, like just because I listened to her, um, now I have a full, like, this whole new appreciation for, for that music. So I just kind of had to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, listen, <laughs> you could have her on your show, uh, and it would be, you know, an entire season, her just talking to you about just your childhood alone, nothing yeah. to do with the mamas and papas or Wilson Phillips or marrying Billy Baldwin or <laughs> our children or our son's battle with cancer. None of that stuff. You could just talk about her growing up with John Phillips' Yeah. Warren Beatty, Jack Nicholson, Nicholson yeah. Dennis Hopper, uh, Michael Jackson, wow. Mick Jagger. And that in and of itself could be a season for you. I mean, her her story of, of her childhood and her, her early life is so remarkable. And how she is not a Hollywood casualty and yeah. statistic yeah. is a true testament to, like, how a tr- really how she's this odd dichotomy of, like, a delicate little butterfly and a ferocious, like, uh, tiger mom all rolled into one, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah. And it comes off. I mean, I, you know, I'm not religious. Um, but I, I do, I consider myself to be a spiritual person. And even though her, you know, religion and the way I see things don't necessarily fully align, I do see certain kinds of parallels I you know I mean in Christianity um which I wasn't even raised with any religion at all but I but there's faith and I do have faith and so I, I appreciate that in her message but I have to say when I watch her show what I like the most is when she talks about her childhood but also when you guys are on because that segment is called chilly, because yeah because of Well, we China pretend, ability. like, you know,
1: there's like Brangelina and yes. Jaylee, and um what was the one with, with Brad Pitt? Brand,
0: Brad, yeah, Br- Brangelina.
1: Oh, Brangelina, but there was another one
0: with like J-Lo and... Yeah, J-Lo. I know, there's J-Lo. been a bunch of them. Who's Benif- Jenna with now again? Jennifer. So it's Ben and Jennifer. Ben, So and it was like Benifer. So we pretend that
1: we were so big in the early 90s, which we were Yes. big enough to have a paparazzi nickname, which for some reason we never got. And I pretend <laughs> that they call this chili. There's no truth to that. But my, my motto is always don't let the truth stand in the way of a good story. And that's why you find me here today on your show. I'm just going to tell nothing but lies. And it's going to be incredibly dynamic and interesting and funny as hell. So oh my we pretend God. that we, we have this segment called chili. That's based on China, you know, China and Billy. It's so much fun. Cause I just sit there for however long <laughs> the segment is. It could be eight, seven or eight minutes. It could be 12 or 13 minutes. And it's just me talking about how Ricky and Lucy, the marriage is and <laughs> how the hell we're still together after 30 years. I have no clue. So.
0: And then, okay. And I so- will tell you,
1: she, she will say that she's not religious either. Either. She's will talk about it being her faith, not her religion. And I am not on the, I'm like you, I'm not on the same page with China either, but I totally admire and respect someone whether it's Islam or it's Buddhism or it's Hinduism or Catholicism, Catholicism, Judaism, Christianity, or playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody is like like truly devoted and truly committed and truly immerses themselves in, in devoting and learning about it, I admire that because she's doing in her, her, the depth of her commitment to her faith is deeper than anything that I'm committed to in my life. And I really, really respect it. The same thing, like you said, with her music. I was a Zeppelin Stones, Beatles, who guy. Yeah. You know, I was like a classic rock guy, but I always, I'm never one of these people that says, just because it's not my thing, right. it's not good. There's many other artists and many other genres of music that aren't my thing, but I can't deny mm-hmm. that that is like it takes incredible gifts and incredible talent to be able to do that and i so admire uh their ability to do that of course you know i'm a, I'm a huge wilson phillips fan and yeah. i i um i've seen their shows a, a hundred times if i wasn't married to china obviously that wouldn't be the case mm-hmm. but but i uh, might my my uh, my, uh Taste in music has gotten more eclectic yes. as I've gotten older. Me too. I don't, I'm not like, I don't just tell my kids if, if it's not the Rolling Stones, turn it <laughs> off. You know, I, I, I have appreciation for stuff beyond pop and rock. So, I try to tell you that um, it's, you know, her, her, her Christianity is not her religion, it's her faith. I admire her. I support her. I will continue to support her. I tell her sometimes that. You have to be interest. You have to be careful of the minefield that sometimes will lead you to. Uber again. I don't even have a problem with Republican politics or conservative politics, but when it takes you down the path of yeah. conspiracy theory, right. yeah. extremism of of the the neocon right of the Republican Party or or beyond into to QAnon, where this is where the country is sort of veered off the rails, mm-hmm. then it can be very, very scary. My wife and I on, she doesn't, she's not, she's sort of a political way. I am. I wish that she was more interested politically, but she does have a lot of people that follow her on California preaching, which obviously is a, a, a direct theft from her parents song, right. California Dreaming. <laughs> um, and she does re- really wonderful work there, but she does get a lot of people that support her that say, you know, lose your, your husband's not as steeped and, and equally yoked in his faith as you are dump him, which is wow. such an ironic hypocrisy. Yeah. And they say, you know, lose him. He's more of a commie than his loser brother, wow. Alec. And you know, there's all of this, you know, judgment. I mean, it's it's so like not the teaching of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's what I'm trying to get people to to see it. one thing that I would love to work on with anybody, including you, I tweeted recently. You know, the politics of Trump and the isolation of um, of quarantine during the p- pandemic has made me feel closer to my social media friends like Kimberly Johnson, mm-hmm. and it's made them feel more family to me, and I feel closer to them. my own family members and my own friends and many of them like you I've never met right and uh I just feel there's there's a number of people that followed me and they trolled me and they heckled me and they attacked me and I started getting into it with them and I went back and forth I said well what do you think about this I got no problem with that well what about that sure thing Mm -hmm. I go "Well, what about this and they're like why would I have a problem with that and then I literally followed them back and DM them and gave them my cell phone number and said, call me immediately. Wow. And I have this stranger who's trolling me now on the phone with me <laughs> who I'm like, dude, why are we fighting? Yeah. We don't totally agree on this issue, but the consensus and the common ground between you and I on this topic is well over 60%. It's mm-hmm. probably 80%. So why are we pretending like we don't agree? We're in total disagreement and that we don't like each other when we ha- we're like three quarters of the way there.
0: Yeah.
1: And now this guy like calls me and FaceTimes me and wants to put me on FaceTime with his mother to sing happy birthday to her like, like we're buddies. And he's oh like God. a country and western singer in, that lives on the outskirts of Omaha. Like we have nothing in common. Oh my God. And there's another guy that was like a long haul trucker in North Carolina that was disposing nuclear wastewater from like North Carolina up into the like Michigan peninsula. The guy swore up and down. He vowed that he hated me. Uh-huh. And now we're like friends. <laughs> wow. and, that, and that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is like, we have to start to come. I tweeted this morning. I was like, why, why did Osama bin Laden mm. bring this country together in a way that we haven't been together since probably the second world war and Donald Trump has divided us in a way that we probably haven't been divided since the civil war. And I am trying to reach out to those people and find to show like, you think we don't like each other. You don't think we have a lot in common. Bullshit, man. We both, we both put our pants on one leg at a time. Mm -hmm. Both of us. I don't care if I'm a New Yorker who's a Hollywood liberal and you are you know, you live in Omaha or you live in the heartland. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. I, 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 disagree with you and I, I'd love to, to, to try and find ways to demonstrate. Uh, that's one of the shows that I'm working on developing is going out into the heartland kind of like, um, on the road with Charles Caralt.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: and showing people in like the Osgood files and doing positive stories and bringing, uh, showing some of the stories about how you and I became friends and we feel like we know each other and we feel closer uh, and we've never met. Like, let's do it and meet. You know what I mean? Right, right,
0: right. And, And you know, I know Sarah Silverman kind of did something along those lines and she was the Hollywood elitist celebrity who kind of got David Weissman to go, wait a minute, I, I I might be wrong here. And, you know, it was a conversation that they had that led him that, you know, David Weissman was a MAGA. He's been on my show a couple of times and he was a full-blown MAGA. Oh, we're friends. He's yeah. one of the
1: guys that's is, is one of my, I feel like I feel closer to him yeah. than some of my high school friends, some of my college friends, and some of my family members. And I'm not talking about distant family members. I'm talking about like my brothers.
0: Yeah, no, and I totally and understand. the all 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 brothers
1: that, yeah. are... A brand. I mean, they're known. And, you know, there's stuff going on with my brother Stephen that has created a, a strain in the relationship mm-hmm. and a, sort of an estrangement uh, that I wouldn't have a problem with if you fought, if you supported Trump the first time. I do have a problem with if you supported Trump mm-hmm. the second time. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have a problem with if you're if you're espousing this QAnon craziness yeah. about how Trump is going to be installed as the president you know, on Friday, you know, (laughs) and that the election is illegitimate. So
0: exactly. I can't have anything to do with
1: those people. Sorry.
0: I actually had those two tweets in my notes that you just talked about, um, specifically the one about your family members and that you're closer, because I think we all can relate to that where, you know, I mean, I have um, an aunt who is fully MAGA, and you know what? She would be Q if she understood the internet. She doesn't really hang out on the internet. She listens to talk radio. But if she understood the internet, I'm positive that she would be into the QAnon conspiracy because she's just that far. And it really, you know, I mean, there are people that I've met on Twitter, like you, like Kirk Acevedo, like David Weissman, all these people, and it's like, it's true. There's a camaraderie between us. We're all fighting for this country, and you know, we're there for each other, and it creates these these relationships and it's funny to have these social media relationships but you know I actually met my boyfriend on social media so now social media is just this way to be you know to meet people and become friends it's like the new bar or something for people who don't want to go to bars anymore and you it's know, like, the
1: new it's the new bar well, <laughs> Bumble's the new, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I, look, I'm, I'm just—I uh, need to take breaks. Let you'll see now. Since since uh, Biden won, that sometimes I don't go on my Twitter and, and I don't get involved with Twitter. I need a break for three or four days at yeah. a time for my sanity, and then I'll just jump on and see what people are talking about. And I'll I'll, I'll give some social commentary here and there. But I think we got to start. We have to keep fighting, draw the line in the sand, and don't cross it. And fight when we need to fight. Mm-hmm. But offer an olive branch rather than smash somebody in the head with a, you know, a Louisville slugger. We have to offer an olive branch and find the common ground and find the consensus and try to come back together again. Look what happened after nine eleven. We had, yes. you know, all of our allies were in our corner all of uh, everybody neutrally was in our corner and all of our enemies weren't in our corner, but they were like, not, they're not, they're like, look, we saw the world trade center fall too. So America's and their allies are going to do what they have to do. And I sure as hell ain't getting in the way because I'm not messing with this coalition that they put together after yeah. bin Laden took down the twin towers. And all of a sudden Cheney and, and Rumsfeld and the machine went into Iraq for reasons that had nothing to do with Osama bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, mm-hmm. or 9-11, and they lost half the world. Yeah. So if, if they had not um, gone into Iraq, and President Biden, who was following the orders of President Trump, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. was with withdrawing, and I, thought, I don't think anybody could see after trillions of dollars and 20 years of investment, I don't think anybody could see the Afghan government. And the Afghan military and the Afghan police collapsing and just dis- truly disintegrating in a matter of seventy-two hours to yeah. the Taliban. Having said that, I don't want to. I don't want to be one of these guys that can't assign any blame and can't say Trump only does wrong and and of Biden course. never does wrong. Could it have been? Uh, could we have had the foresight to anticipate some of the stuff that happened? Certainly not the Taliban taking over in a matter of days. Yeah. But I think that the, the withdrawal from there, there has to be some accountability. And I'm a Democrat that's willing to do that. Mm-hmm. If I see a, a problem, if I see a mistake, I'm not afraid to call it a mistake. And, uh, you know, I think that there's stuff that could have been done differently so that the withdrawal was not as chaotic, um, if we had put in, if we had done sort of a surge, I'm not I'm just making this up. If we had done sort of a surge to get everybody out of there safely and, and, and done that over the course of, I don't know, 90 days mm-hmm. and, and then left. And then it fell to the Taliban in a month or a week or two days. You know, that was, that was up to them. I mean, we invested 20 years mm-hmm. and trillions and trillions of dollars. And if they can't, I, I don't think, it's more of a tribal situation over there. And I don't think there's certain parts of that world over there that weren't meant for democracy. And maybe Afghanistan is one of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way I look at Biden is, first of all, I think that he is, you know, he's got information. We don't. And I absolutely criticize Democrats when I believe they should be criticized. I mean, I, I used to write blog posts about, Anybody, whether they were male or female, Democratic senators or House representatives that weren't supporting the Equal Rights Amendment. This was back in, like, 2013. And, you know, I wasn't friendly, and I would literally threaten them with negative blog posts because I had the uh, good fortune of being on a lot of, you know, influential political pages and I you know, was in the right crowd and I was blogging with the right people and I could use that to basically threaten them to like, support women and unfortunately I had to threaten some of them and eventually they did I won't say who they are and I didn't like doing it it always made my stomach hurt but it's like if you're a democrat then you should be supporting equal rights for women period there's no reason not to and so yeah. I, it's very important to criticize but I, the way I look at the Afghanistan thing is overall in the bigger picture I think it was fairly successful uh, you know, could it have been better? Of course, because everything, there's always room for impl- improvement no matter where we are. But I think that, you know, I was going to ask you about this because I watched the not, I watched the MSNBC 9-11 special. And this is the first time I, you know, I mean, I guess I've watched some things when Trump was president. But it really hit me this time watching this that – so much of the fear that we were sold after 9-11 led to this hatred of other, and it led us to where we are now. This, it's not just that, because it was a combination of the toxic right-wing radio, Fox News, um, you know, Trumpism, and then foreign adversaries weaponizing our social media against us. There's all th- kinds of things. But it just really struck me, like, wow, this terrorist attack on American soil by foreign adversaries gave the GOP this ammunition to use to scare Americans. I remember at the time, I was working for this company, uh, it was like a bone china, selling bone china, and my boss was a conservative. And another sales rep was a conservative, and then the rest of us were Democrats. And I remember, you know, I wasn't even that political then, but I kept talk, like hearing them talk about the fear. I want a president who's going to stand up to the bullies, and I want my president to fight. And they were, they had bought into this bullshit narrative, like we had to live our lives on the offensive because of other, meaning at that time Muslims. Um, but it's, it's just kind of sad to me to see how we have gone from, you know. First we had 9-11, and then obviously I think George Bush literally led to Barack Obama. But then the racist freaked out, and the combination of the fear campaign and a black president in a very racist country led to Donald Trump. Even though we voted for Hillary Clinton, we did, the numbers were there for Hillary, we we voted— but what I, Hillary Clinton
1: said something after 9-11 that, I th- I don't remember the quote, it was like, it was better to be wrong and strong than to be right and weak. Yeah, Something like that. And, and I, I don't agree with that. I mean, yeah. you know, a- after 9-11, you're right, 9-11 was a major contributing factor to, I mean, you know, it was the first attack on U.S. soil since Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And that was a military base that wasn't, you know, directly attacking civilians. Even though there were civilian losses, this was a civilian attack. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that in part contributed to why we, where we find ourselves today. But I think you just touched on it more than anything else. I think the white, I think it revealed, it pulled off the scab Mm -hmm. of racism and racial tension in this country. And I think people aren't willing to realize that. A lot of white Americans are uptight with the fact that the white majority is becoming the minority, mm-hmm. and the Muslim ban is racist. Mm-hmm. Build the wall is racist. suppression is racist. Mm-hmm. Gerrymandering is racist. Look at, look at Jim Jordan's district in Ohio. If they did a legitimate district in, in that area in Ohio, Jim Jordan would never get elected in that in that right. part of in the, in the Cleveland part of Ohio. So uh, it, it really I, a lot of people in this country want to go back to the post-war greatness of America where, you know, the with the sexism and racism where daddy works and mommy stays home and raises the kids and and the white majority is comfortably in control and we don't live in that world anymore and if we don't build the wall on the southern border and more and more brown people come in from mexico and central america once they get to arizona and texas (laughs) and 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 california are they going to vote for the are they going to vote for the party that Trump was trying to build the wall to keep them out in the right. first place. I don't think so. Right. I mean, that's really <laughs> baffles me. I live in California. My children's high school is 63% Mexican. Yeah. And every once in a while I'll be in a restaurant and I'll see some guy, a Mexican guy with his family wearing a Trump 45 wow. red MAGA hat. And I'm like, I just, I, 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 I can't even have a car. I just, I, I just baffled by that.
0: So I, I know, um, You know what? I need to take a quick break, and then we will be back after this message. Okay, we're back. I want to ask you, though, about the fact that, okay, so I touched on Afghanistan, but what I want to know from you, like, I want your opinion on this, basically. So, you know, Biden lost some approval ratings because of Afghanistan, but it's predictably back up. Um, And it seems to me, that he's just out of fucks. He doesn't give a shit what the GOP thinks of him. He doesn't care what the critics are saying about him. What he is focused on right now, in my opinion, is doing the right thing. He's got those child tax credits. He's trying to get the infrastructure bill. So just recently, he told, I think it was yesterday, he told Pelosi and Schumer that he's, gonna, he's ready to start pressuring the centrist Democrats like Manchin and Sinema and whoever else about this voting rights bill. So I wanna know, first of all, my first question is, how confident are you that he can, he, I like for me, I trust Biden. I don't know about Manchin. I don't know about Cinema. How confident are you that Biden can get that done?
1: Um, I think that they can get it done. I'm confident in Biden and his staff. I'm um, uh, um confident in Pelosi and the the, the the absolute like Margaret Thatcher ironclad <laughs> fist. She rules all of the parliamentary procedures, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, when she when she was uh, decided to, to remain as the speaker, I said, you know, it's time for a change. We need some younger blood. Maybe it's a guy, preferably a woman. Maybe it's a, a woman of color. And Let me tell you something. That woman yeah. is so impressive. She makes gaffes and she's very, she's a lightning rod. She's very divisive. Yeah. I criticized her during the state of the union address, when she started ripping up the speech, I just felt like that was not necessary. I mean, I understand. when she did the, the patronizing hand clapping, that was kind of enough. Yeah. When she tore up the speech, I just, it was just like, don't give them, don't give them a chance to throw gasoline on the mm-hmm. fires." Some silly petty thing that she did. The person who I don't trust and I know personally and not well, but I used to know fairly well is Schumer. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish Schumer would get a little bit tougher. And I think that they can get this done. I don't know what they're going to do about the, um, uh, why am I blanking right now? Um, the filibuster. Oh. I don't know what they're going to do about the filibuster, but I don't. I used to, you know, I, I have a degree in political science. I interned on the Hill. I've worked very actively in politics for decades. I don't really have the knowledge and the expertise in the history of the filibuster to say definitively that it should stay or it should go. My gut is telling me it's antiquated. It's time to move forward without it. The Republicans are terrified of that, even though, you know, the, the, I, I only think there's one person in the history. Uh, in my lifetime there's only one person that's more evil and this is he, he newly won this crown because I always gave this title to Dick Cheney mm-hmm. and I now think Mitch McConnell in yes. the last five years is, is, has taken that trophy mm-hmm. from Dick Cheney I really truly think he's the the, truly the most evil and he's the most hypocritical i've ever encountered in, yeah. in all the history of politics totally agree but maybe not the history but certainly in my lifetime yeah and i know he's t- absolutely terrified that if they take the filibuster away we're just going to run roughshod mm-hmm. over them but i i have that was a long-winded answer for i think that they can get this done mm-hmm. i think the, the filibuster is going to be maybe critical in trying to get this uh get this done on a number of fronts not just with you know voting rights but also with um some things that we need to get done with the economy mm-hmm. um some stuff we need we need to get done with with uh, climate change some of the stuff we need to get done with money and politics uh all absolutely critical if we want to restore the, the Look, it's not it's it's an imperfect system, American democracy. But if we want to restore, restore some of the integrity, uh, we go a long way in doing that. If we can get if we can get money out of politics and get rid oh, of Citizens matter. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, OK, so then the other part of my question is that Biden is, i you know, he's making bold decisions. He's not apologizing for it. He's he's really the epitome right now of strong, bold leadership. So whether you agree with him or not, he's like, I'm doing it and I'm sticking by it and I'm not listening to the naysayers, meaning the Republicans. So I'm just wondering because, you know, I mean, I'm seeing people on the internet there's always going to be that crowd who says we're doomed and we're never going to win and they're going to cheat and this is it and the country is over. And I mean, I get scared myself, but I, 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 I like stop before I say we're doomed because I, I do not want to collectively manifest doom. I want to be able to overcome what we're experiencing with the, this right wing extremism, Um, So what I'm what my question is, do you think because this is what I'm hoping, I'm hoping Biden's bold leadership like bleeds out the confidence that he's oozing right now is going to hopefully, you know, kind of ooze out into Democratic voters so that they will feel energized and they'll feel strong because we're sick and tired of seeing the Democrats tiptoe around stuff and treating the Republicans as if they're some kind of like normal party right now they're not and
1: well they bring a a feather duster to a gunfight i mean you gotta you gotta bring a gun to a gunfight i hate to use that metaphor yeah it offends people but that's the problem with the democratic (laughs) party is that that offends people and that they do bring uh, a feather duster to a knife fight or a gunfight and we have to be able to to go toe-to-toe and blow for blow i think a big key for this is going to be Look, Americans are short-sighted, narrow-minded, selfish, uh, uh, pocketbook-wallet voters. So if the economy continues to improve, then we're going to be able to not go after – we have to do two things. We have to do what Stacey Abrams did in Georgia across the country, not in all 50 states, but in the critical five, six, seven states we need to do – we need to win seven Nobel Prizes, not just one in in Georgia – we have to do across the country a, a major get-out-the-vote, and not just for uh, low-income voters and minority voters. We really have to get out the vote. And the other thing we have to do, which I think will come with with is polling and consumer confidence, and as unemployment lowers and the economy starts to the economy starts to recover, um, is go after. Those moderate Democrats, moderate Republicans, conservative Republicans, suburban, uh, you know, uh, Republican housewives that Mm -hmm. uh, are, you know, that that are looking for an excuse to uh, give Biden the keys to the Ferrari and let him Mm -hmm. continue to have control of the Senate, the House and the executive branch. I'm terrified that we'll lose control of yeah. the house in this next election. I, I don't think it will happen. I think it would be inexcusable if it does happen. Yeah. I think the uh, after after the the five years of Trump, for you know, uh, six years of Trump, the year of the election, the four years in office, and the years since, if we if we don't have the ammunition. To uh, extend our lead in the Senate and extend our lead in the House. I'm not talking about sweeping numbers like after Watergate and stuff like that, but yeah. to have a little bit more of a comfortable control where we're not like doing a, a Walenda Highwire Act in the Senate all the time. <laughs> um, I, I think those two things are, are critical. If the economy continues to improve mm-hmm. and consumer confidence continues to improve and the boring, you know you know unemployment is an important one but right. uh, you know the stock market and people's retirements continue to they, they can continue to brag about that like trump uh, we may be able if we can turn out the vote and get a, a couple get enough crossover votes that's going to be it's really big what's coming up in 2022. It's really, really big because that that or or an indictment are the only things that are going to keep Trump. Apparently Trump is saying, do you believe this? I'll ask you, Kimberly. Do you believe this guy? If, If they take control of the House and Trump is not indicted, even if Republicans want Trump to run again, do you think Trump runs? Yes. And do you think he could win?
0: I don't know if he could win. And I only say that because of the last election but then again you know people have a tendency to change their minds about things especially if you know like i'll give you a perfect example my car mechanic i have two car mechanics that are both conservative and they told me they don't like trump and so i felt like they probably either didn't vote in 2020 or they voted for biden when I went And I dropped my car off not too long ago, and the guy, the owner of the shop, was pissed off because he was, uh, he was vaccinated, his brother wasn't, and he's pissed off that he hasn't been able to go on vacation and he still has to wear a mask. He did the responsible thing of getting vaccinated, and he's pissed off at the anti-vaxxers. And so I said something about, um, I can't remember, I said something about Biden, he's like, well, he's not doing anything and I and I didn't I mean he's my car mechanic so I, I don't want to get into an angry fight with him so I try very hard to you know walk that line and I and I said well I disagree with you that Biden's not doing anything I said he, he can't make people take the vaccine he's making it ready readily available and I said and, and the only good thing I'll say about Trump is the warp speed thing and you know and that vaccinations were you know they were working on vaccinations at that point. And so I said, you know, as presidents, they can only do so much to get people vaccinated. I said, then, you know, Trump talked about getting vaccinated and he was booed. So my car mechanic's like, yeah, yeah. And then we just kind of switched the subject. So I look at my car mechanic and I think, what's he going to do if is he going to vote for Trump in 2024? Because he right now thinks Biden isn't doing anything. So is he going to think, you know, is he I'm going well, to know it. how you
1: could think Biden's not doing anything. I mean, he he rolled out the vaccinations at a record rate and then he hit a wall. So they, they had several hundred million vaccinations and then they hit a wall because of all of this disinformation that's out there. Now he's trying to impose mandates, which people are freaking out about. Mm-hmm. But we all know you can't go to a public. Right. Uh, you can't go to a public elementary school or university unless you've had. Uh, you know, mumps, measles, rubella, polio, right. all of these were mandated before. In fact, there was, I think there were some vaccinations where doctors came right into the classroom. You, you didn't even yeah. have to get a permission slip from your parents, and they came right into your classroom and <laughs> shot you in the arm with a polio vaccine. So, th- this is stuff that has saved lives. It's now got FDA approval. And it's fine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, here's the three things that you need to do. All right, let me do a list of what it's going to sound like you you don't go to, to you don't go to public school you don't get on a plane you never travel outside of the united states again you never go to a restaurant in america that says no shirts no sho- <laughs> shoes no service now it says no shirt no shoes no mask, no vax no service that is my right as a restaurant owner yeah you're not coming into my restaurant right so if you don't want to travel if you don't want to go to italy if you don't want to go to uh, private uh, businesses, uh, you know, establishments, if you don't want to go to public school, if you don't want to serve in the military Mm -hmm. and uh, here's what they also, what I want them to do. You sign a contract that says, if I don't believe in the science now, it's simple. This is what the contract says. If I don't believe in the science now, I don't believe in the science then. And that means if I won't take the vaccination now and I get sick, which just happened to my friend, and he went to the hospital, he's 70 years old, double pneumonia, oxygen level dropped to 83. Oh my god. Almost had brain damage, and they saved him. And every time they took him off the oxygen, His oxygen level went from 95, 96 down, plummeted down to 80, 80, at 70 years old. That sounds like you're going to die to me. Somehow this guy recovered. And I'm like, it's interesting how you wouldn't take the vaccination, which was FDA approved, but you will go into the emergency room and now you believe in the science that will save your life. So do me a favor, sign this piece of paper that says, if I don't believe in the science now, I will not believe in the science then. And if I don't get the vaccination now, I will not occupy an emergency yes. room bed and ICU bed and have them save my life. I'm just going to tough it out like I do when I catch the flu in the winter. I'm yeah. just going to tough it out and roll the dice and let's, you know, let's, let's see what happens. Okay. If you're willing to do that, then uh, let let's talk. Okay, no public schools, no military, no leave the country, no private businesses, and no emergent, no hospitalization. Okay, right. we'll set up we'll set up uh, anti-vaxer uh, hospice care for you, and you could have a, a voodoo doctor take care of you or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. And then you know, but but back to that, my mechanic. He is a conservative. So regardless of the fact that he doesn't like Trump, for I don't know exactly what his reasons were for not liking Trump, but he's still listening to probably Fox News. He's still listening to the disinformation. So with that disinformation for X amount of years, four years in between, and then you're gonna you know, he's deciding that Biden is somebody he doesn't like, and you know he's hearing the news and not hearing the legitimate news. He's hearing the fake news, and so he's going to base his decision on who he's going to vote for. Now, you know, frankly, I also wanted to ask you about Ron DeSantis because to me, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever is going to be, I'm, I mean, if they picked Romney, which I doubt they would, I would be less concerned because I feel like now Romney is a pariah in his own party. That party is so extreme, Romney is way too like down to earth for them to consider him and I don't think that he could win. I think the only way they could win is A, by cheating and B, by having an extremist in there. So I wanted to ask you about Ron DeSantis. Do you like initially, I I mean, I'm still terrified of him no matter what. But initially I was more terrified that he was going to be the nominee and possibly win. I'm not sure now what's 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 happening in Florida with school districts fighting his bullshit defunding schools with mask men. What do you think of him? How how frightened are you of him?
1: Well, he doesn't scare me as much as Trump, but he's, he's completely incompetent. He's completely mismanaged, you know, as the executive of the state of Florida. Um, I'm not sure. I think that, I mean, listen. The coalition that you have to hold together between moderate Republicans and uber extreme Republicans is pretty. It's got the divide has gotten wider and wider, and they need to move to the middle if they want to win a national election. They need to move towards a guy like Romney. I mean, Romney is a fiscal conservative who's uh, socially either fairly progressive or at least open-minded. Mm-hmm. He he passed socialized medicine in yeah, the state true. of Massachusetts. He did. So I, I, I think that he's probably too far left for a lot of those yeah. people but they, they definitely need to come up with somebody who is um, more middle of the road that's uh, that's a fiscal conservative and and uh, more more you know, more socially moderate. Otherwise, they're not going to win. I mean, that's yeah. my personal opinion. Desantis does scare me, but I think Desantis is there's too many unforced errors or too many self inflicted mm-hmm. wounds mm-hmm. for him to survive that process. You know, look what happens every every cycle. There's somebody that jumps out to the lead, and yeah. then like three weeks. I mean, look what happened <laughs> with Biden. I mean, yeah. Biden was dead until Super totally. Tuesday, and I can't remember that was it. or Was somebody a politician, a congressman?
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I think it was Clyburn.
1: In South Carolina that like sat down with his his pastor or a couple of pastors and they completely revived and completely saved the presidency in South Carolina. And then on Super Tuesday, he was literally, he was flatlining and they gave him (laughs) the, the paddles and all of a sudden he jumped out to a very, very commanding lead. And that, that literally, I don't even know if that happened over the course of a matter of weeks. I think it happened in a matter of days. I mean, he was truly back from the dead and uh, you know, and I remember in 90 um, in 91 when Bush senior was running for reelection election All of the viable opponents, all of the Al Gores and Dick Gebhardt's and uh, Mario Cuomo's were saying George Bush Sr. is unbeatable. It's going to be an extension of Reagan, eight years of Reagan. It's going to be four more years of Bush. And he's just unstoppable. And then the economy went into recession and started to go in the toilets. And George Bush uttered the famous words, mm. read my lips, no new taxes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the door opened for a guy named Harkin and a guy named Songus and this unknown governor from Arkansas named Bill Clinton. Yeah. And along came Ross Perot, who took who <laughs> siphoned 19% of the popular vote, yep. and Bill Clinton won with 43% of the popular vote. So it was a weird planetary alignment of a recession Read My Lips, all of these guys that would have trounced Bill Clinton mm-hmm. had they had they been in the ring. Bill, Al Gore would have destroyed—well, I wouldn't put it—I <laughs> I would never count Bill Clinton out. But I think that um, if Dick Gebhardt or any of those three, Mario Cuomo, Dick Gebhardt or Al Gore had stayed in the ring, they, they said, see you in 96, George Bush, is un, uh, George Bush Sr. is unbeatable. Right. And it opened the door for these unknowns. And Bill Clinton got elected because of the economy, because mm-hmm. of Read My Lips— uh, and because there was a third-party candidate, Ross Perot did to George Bush, which Ralph Nader did to Al, Al Gore, Gore. You yeah. know,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, he got
1: Bill, he got Bill Clinton elected, and and Ralph Nader got George Bush elected. Wow,
0: oh my God, it's so true, and it's just. Um... It's crazy and I don't know what to I mean I try very hard to just tr- maintain my emotions in this time because it's just you know I mean my boyfriend right now is so pissed off I mean I'm pissed off too but he's pissed off because he wants to go to the gym and he doesn't feel comfortable going to the gym and he want you know he loves Gettysburg he's a civil war guy he wants and he could literally be a tour guide he wants to go spend time in Gettysburg but neither one of us feel confident with this covid thing we want to just you know we've taken so many precautions so far we don't want to get it And right now, these times are so crazy, like I never thought this was gonna happen, but I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that the United States can pull it together, which leads me to the next question. How confident are you with Merrick Garland and also the DOJ just looking for getting any kind of indictments on the Trump administration for whether it's the one six or if it's taxes or something like how confident are you that that's gonna happen?
1: uh i'm pretty confident i'd like to see you know some sign of that and i'd like to see some sign of that soon i think they're proceeding very very carefully on the insurrection and on the corruption of the of the trump administration i think people are going to go down i think heads are going to roll whether it's ivanka trump uh and her husband or donald trump jr i don't know I'm hoping they do enough damage to Trump if they don't put Trump away, um, which I th- I truly believe he deserves to be put away. Yeah, I believe he's broken the law. But if other people go away and it does enough damage to prevent him from running in 2024, mm-hmm. and if we maintain control or expand control of the House in 2022, uh, anything to, to just get this guy out of our lives for good. Mm-hmm. I-, I personally think... You know, and you'll you're probably disagree with this because you'll probably think that he's unelectable. But I personally, you know, when when they nominated Trump in in you know in the for the 16 election, I sort of got it because. I knew from per, per, first, firsthand personal experience what a sleazebag and what a thief this guy was because I witnessed it. He robbed my friends and anybody wow. who lived in New York in the early mid '80s knew that this guy was a total goon yeah. and a total embarrassment. He was not presidential material. He was highly immoral mm-hmm. and he was highly unethical. And he was he was truly a scumbag and a thief. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody that did business with him that was in HVAC or electric or demolition, like casinos or on the high rises, they all knew that this guy was a thief. I had been at many fundraisers for nonprofits that I ran. Or my or my mother's breast cancer foundation, or the Creative Coalition, where he would come to the event. Sometimes he wasn't even invited because he was he was, was going to be hot chicks and celebrities there with wow. the Creative Coalition. He wanted to like hobnob with Susan Sarandon or something. Yeah. And he would come there, and then we'd do the paddle raise at the end, and he would raise his hand and commit to, you know, he couldn't embarrass himself and raise his hand for a thousand, two thousand, yeah. five thousand. He'd raise his hand in the paddle race for five for for ten grand or twenty five grand. Of, Maybe not 25 grand, but 10 grand. And then you, people were like, don't even send the invoice. It's like, he just does that for show. You're never going to get the money. Wow. And it's just so, yeah, it's just so embarrassing that everybody in the room got it except for him like yeah. he didn't realize that everybody in the room knew that he was the punchline <laughs> to a joke that he was never going to pay nobody even wanted him there and we tried to warn america about that and nobody would listen yeah so but i but i understand why we we got there because the system is terribly broken mm-hmm. it's been broken for decades and nobody wants to elect a beltway insider an establishment lifer, and when mm-hmm. you got to the Republican debates, there were sixteen, seventeen people up there, and three of them were not Beltway insiders: mm-hmm. Trump, Far- Carly Fiorina, and President Car- uh, President Ben Carson. Those three. Carson is out to lunch. He's not charismatic and dynamic and fast enough on his feet politically. No. Obviously, he is intellectually, but politically, he's not savvy enough to be the president. Carly Fiorina. Uh, failed at Hewlett Packard and basically almost everybody that had worked for her or under her despised her. She's inherently unlikable. She she took care of herself. Mm -hmm. And it left... If you were looking to elect somebody who wasn't a Beltway insider and you wanted to try and start running the government like a business, if you wanted to do to the government what Jack Welsh did to General Electric, then... And you you wanted to elect somebody who was a businessman... Donald Trump was the only man left standing that wasn't a Beltway insider. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to try something new and they wanted to try something different. So for that reason, I sort of don't fault them. They just bet on the wrong horse. Mm-hmm. If you had Elon Musk or if you had Richard Branson or if you had um, – uh, um, what's his name from uh, – Bezos,
0: Jeff Bezos.
1: You know, maybe a Bezos, but the guy from uh, Buffett. if you had Warren Buffett at 55 not at 85 right if you even had a crazy Mark Cuban who isn't (laughs) like sort of a Richard Branson or Elon Musk who's sort of a Richard I mean Elon Musk is I don't even know if he's American I don't think he is Um, he has citizenship here but the, the, the one person, if you had a Jack Welsh at 55 years old who was like a slash and burn, I'm going to make this government more effective, more efficient, we're going to run it more responsibly like a corporation, uh, the guy who was that guy who is a Republican who, if he was on that stage on that day, would be the president and would have been reelected is Mike Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Now I know he's a, li- a lifelong progressive and he's a New York liberal, but he, he started that company. He came out of Goldman and he started Bloomberg with his own hands. His father didn't have, Donald Trump says my father right. gave, he only gave me a million dollars. His father didn't give him a million dollars. <laughs> he gave him like 10 million in cash yeah. and like 100 million in real estate. I'm sorry yeah. and the fact that Donald Trump with the way he his management skills didn't run that into the ground and and file bankruptcy to the point we all know he filed bankruptcy five or six times but mm-hmm. the fact that that isn't like all up in smoke I guess we should give him a little bit of credit that he didn't <laughs> completely re- ruin everything um, but what he was given in, in those dollars in those days should be worth he should be worth ten times what he's worth mm-hmm. today which by the way is Donald that's another thing is Donald Trump a billionaire yeah. or is Donald Trump worth like truly worth all when you offset his debt is he worth probably a couple hundred million dollars that's an that's another you know right another conversation for another day and a Mm -hmm. punchline to another joke but (laughs) if you if mike bloomberg left golden he built bloomberg with his own hands from the ground up he's a legitimate uh fiscal conservative but socially probably to not progressive for republicans he's almost invasive yeah. he was the one that wanted to have this like you know the sin tax for tobacco and alcohol he wanted to have like the slurpee tax where he wanted to like <laughs> right. you can't feed kids this fattening food because if you do they're going to become obese and they're going get, to get child diabetes it's going to cost the health care system and the economy x y and z i, I love this stuff about bloomberg i mean I, if bloomberg ran and they wanted to elect a guy like mike bloomberg I I can honestly tell you, as a very, very progressive Democrat, if that's going to bring America together, I not only would sign off on that, I would raise money for the guy, Hmm. and I would campaign for the guy, and I would donate to the guy if he was running against the wrong Democrat. Yeah. If he was running against the wrong Democrat, I would thoroughly welcome a moderate Republican uh, to to run the con- the country with, of course, I would want the Democrats to to maintain control of either yes. the the, the, <laughs> the, the House or the Senate. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, they just bet on the wrong horse. If Mike Bloomberg hmm. had made it to the stage, he would have just he would have he would have just been you know he would be in his second term right now. I that, believe
0: that's interesting. And yeah, I mean, I can totally see that. And the the only thing that I like, con- I'm concerned about about any kind of. Uh, conservative is, and and, and I don't hate all conservatives. I mean, I've had Joe Walsh on my show a couple of different times and he's a conservative libertarian. Yeah, he's a conservative libertarian (laughs) and I am not. But I do, you know, we disagree on lots of stuff, but I do think that he's a good person. But the problem that I have with him is that he will, like, we had an abortion debate and It was interesting because I basically won. He basically conceded to me without saying I'm against it. He's still against abortion. But um, because he sees it as a religious issue and he sees it as life and the government is supposed to protect life. And I couldn't convince him of that. But basically, you know, in the debate, I I beat him up. I I hit him with facts. But the thing is, is that these conservatives, so many of them got us to where we are today with – You know, unfortunately, and it happens in our party, too, but there's, I don't know, casual racism, casual sexism, these kinds of things, when you don't look at them very specifically, they lead to where we are now. They lead to much stronger racism and extremism. And, you know, but I mean, I would I would happily take a conservative, you know, Bloomberg over a Donald Trump any day of the week, as long as it doesn't lead to the extremism. But what I'm
1: yeah conservative, there's, there's Bloomberg. I wouldn't call it. It's a Republican Bloomberg, not a conservative Bloomberg. Okay. Bloomberg is in a lot of the right places on social issues, on progressive issues. And I, you know, I could honestly tell you that, again, on the issue of abortion, you know, very high voltage issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I am both pro-life and uh, and pro-choice. Mm-hmm. I'm a pro-choice liberal Democrat who is not pro-abortion. You're not pro-abortion.
0: No, but I am. We're both both pro-choice. But I am pro-abortion. I just want to say, just want to say, the reason I'm pro-abortion, or I'm pro-abortion in the same way that I'm pro-colonoscopy. Like, I don't want to deal with the procedure. I don't like the procedure. I'm pro because it's something that can save lives, literally, because every time you're pregnant, that's a risk. That's what doctors will tell you. And I and I'm glad that the nobody wants to go have the procedure and for some for some people it's really a difficult decision. For other people it's not difficult at all. And and it's not something they're gonna spend their lives regretting. Each person who chooses to have an abortion is, you know, gonna have their own experience with it. Some are gonna I, mourn. Yeah, let me just finish my point is, okay. is that
1: I am pro choice. But I don't understand why again this is an issue I have like gun control. I asked five or six questions and they say yes to all of them and I'm like, we're like ninety percent of the way there. Yeah. Joe is a big second amendment guy and I he and I agree on on ninety percent of it. And and you know, if you could make three or four changes that are mm-hmm. not that egregious that are totally within uh, the 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 realm of possible and and reality and common sense uh, and the, you know you can't bring the founding fathers back today to ask them if right. they could foresee these this weapons that are on the street today if they if you could tell them this is what America is going to look like in 250 years they clearly would have reworded the, the Second Amendment and made it they would have made it you know much less ambiguous and much more specific about what they intended right. Uh, but when you're talking about when you're talking about uh, choice, uh, there's so much potential common ground if both sides mm-hmm. got together and said, "Why do we start having meaningful conversations?" Roe versus Wade will never be overturned. It's not going to be overturned. If it goes to the Supreme Court now, it's not going to be overturned. Texas is going to go to the Supreme Court, and it's not going to be. Texas is going to lose. And they're not going to repeal Roe versus Wade. Texas, that law in Texas is going to be stricken down by the Supreme Court as it stands, six to three right now. I, I would bet on that. Hmm. Do you agree with that or no?
0: I don't know. I don't
1: know. Okay. But having said that, forget Roe versus Wade because it's never going to be repealed. It's never going to be overturned, never going to happen. I believe. And I don't understand why both sides don't sit get together and start talk about let's have a meaningful conversation about how we reduce unwanted pregnancy. Agree. Because if you want to reduce abortion, not eliminate abortion, let's have the conversation about reducing unwanted pregnancy. And that's the very definition of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. So you're planning for parenthood and you're eliminating pregnancies that, that were, you know, all of my friends that are conservatives, that whether they're pro-life or not, they're, they're all quick to to espouse these, these conservative Republican social policies until their 15 year old daughter winds up yes. in the back of a pickup truck with a high school quarterback, who's the big stud. And all of a sudden they find out she missed her period. And they're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. So they like to apply their values uh until it's their own daughter that they're Mm having that that all of a sudden it's uh now they're you know now that now the script has been flipped same thing happened with me with my son i mean my son was they a bunch of marijuana companies in california i'm totally jumping the shark here but a bunch (laughs) of california weed companies asked me to endorse them and be an ambassador and i said like go get fricking Woody Harrelson or Tommy (laughs) Chong or like Keith Richards. I mean, why me? I mean, I'm not a noted Hollywood stoner. And they're like, no, but you're very articulate when you get on TV, you know, you're, you, 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 you're, you're impressive. You come across, you know, your talking points. Like we want somebody on TV. And I was like, look, I'm not going to jump into this now. This is when people were raising the capital to just to launch the companies when, when weed became legal. Mm -hmm. And then my son got, became ill. My son had stage four cancer and, um, and then he had to use marijuana for medicinal purposes as a teenager, as he was going through 28 rounds of chemo. And then all of a sudden, this, the, the script got flipped, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Then I was anxious to get out there and spread yeah. the word about the, the, the menagerie of ways in which chronic pain, PTSD, mm-hmm. sleep disorders, anxiety, depression, cancer—there's mm-hmm. so many ways in which people are benefiting from the medicinal, uh, the medicinal uses of that." So I, I, I changed the subject, but you know, I, I just think that that there's a conversation to be had where we could start talking to people on how to raise awareness and educate young people very young people in sex education class okay. that will lead to a reduction and um and unwanted I'm rather than keeping having, having – the Republicans don't want to reverse – the Republican oh. elected officials don't want to reverse Roe versus Wade. They just want to keep using it as a weapon to raise money. That's yes, what they I, want. I, I they want to keep stoking the flames. That's what they do. The politics of division to go into their base and get the $10, the $20, the $50, the $100 check.
0: I agree with that but on the flip side I would say that they could still use it if they were to if they did overturn it then they would use it to say if you give democrats power back then they're going to make abortion legal again and they would they would fundraise off of that i'm not sure what they're going to do i think they're effectively gutting it anyway it's just like with the supreme court gutting the voting rights act it's kind of the same thing especially you know while obama was president the tea party went to town and got rid of all the abortion clinics in texas and all the abortion clinics in mississippi and all these red states with these stupid fucking trap laws and so now women in those states who find themselves pregnant don't have anywhere to go even though it's it's legal but i remember hillary clinton getting a lot of crap because she said let's keep i can't remember the exact way she said it but like let's keep it rare and um i can't remember what else but rare and i know some people took issue. probably rare
1: and fair like you know i'd rather <laughs> be yeah um,
0: but the idea like i know some feminists didn't like that she said that because they took it to mean And I'm a feminist, but they took it to mean like she was making abortion sound like this big negative thing. No, no you know what? I was a single woman for a long time and there was a couple of different times in my life that I got pregnant and I was no in no position to have a baby, whether it was with the person I got, I was having sex with at that time. Um, It was not a serious relationship. I I didn't have a serious relationship until I was 47 years old. I, I would live paycheck to paycheck. I lived alone in LA for a long time with no family around me. So I was in no position to take on being a mother. And it was, I, never wanted to have to have an abortion never but I would have been uh, you know if that situation came up for me then it of course I I didn't want to be pregnant in the first place but I would have been so freaking happy to have that choice and not even I don't happy relieved I would have been relieved and you know and it's like that I think the the abortion argument just to just to end on this part I don't want to take too much time on this but it's like there's so much emphasis put and I see a lot of men online saying oh that must be the hardest decision to to make and it's like in some cases it certainly isn't and it's it's certainly you know i know so many women who have had abortions and don't feel regret they just knew at that time in their life I, I i totally
1: agree with you and i totally understand and for any christians out there that are listening that think this is the this is like <laughs> the antichrist all, all i can say is especially to them is is i uh, i i think we have to do better never always pro-choice never repeal Roe versus Wade educate people so that they can they can plan for parenthood and we can reduce radically reduce or significantly reduce unwanted pregnancies and you know people I guess what they'd like to hear from our side is that they'd like to hear people taking uh parent the 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 I don't know how to articulate this without coming across the wrong way but they they don't want abortion u- used as a form of birth control. Mm-hmm. They prefer that that number that that it's used far less than it is. So if that's offensive to somebody you my wife me i'm a guy talking about it so i should i just sh- should stay the hell out of it it's like it, again it's your choice let me say, first of all comment on that and then i have one more thing i wanted to say about a book that i read that i i wanted to make sure i got this in okay uh, well, i'm sure say- you know actually and then i'll what say what do you think about what i just said
0: as far as using abortion for birth control, A, it is birth control, but it, I wish I could have – somebody said something online the other day that was perfect, and I wish I saved it, but it was like, oh, I'm just not going to brush my teeth, and when they all fall out, I'll just go get new dentures. People, women – no woman I have ever known thought, well, I'm just going to go have sex, and oh, if I get pregnant, I'll just run and get an abortion. I mean, there are women that I have know who have multiple abortions, but – but most women I know, when they got pregnant and didn't want to be pregnant, it was, it wasn't something like, "Oh, I'm just going to run to the abortion clinic." And it, it's not like that. It's it's just of know, each woman's going to have their own that, thing. You
1: know, if 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 you if, if you've had an abortion a few times, then I would hope that moving forward you would try to be, uh, I don't know what the word is, be more um, cautious and more careful so that you didn't have to you, you, you could avoid that in the future because well, I, I know totally, it's a tough decision I to I make i totally
0: get that but but that only takes into account women who are having consensual sex and maybe making some mistakes there's also the women who are stuck in relationship like abusive relationships and and there's know, also the guys role in it too i mean this but, is not
1: you know you know, so let me just finish. I wanted to say something interesting, and it's—it's. It's, I'll try to condense this as much as I can. But there was a book everybody was reading on the beach years ago, fifteen years ago, that you've heard of or read called Freakonomics. Oh, everybody yeah. was raving about it, and I finally, you know, said I gotta read this book. Everybody's re- I hate doing the thing that like everybody else is doing, but <laughs> I'm like, everybody's raving about this book. I gotta read it. So I read Freakonomics. I read chapter after chapter after chapter. I'm like, that was a good chapter, but I, to be honest with you, I didn't really learn, like. I sort of was familiar with that concept. Mm-hmm. You know, I read another chapter that was good. They didn't really learn anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read lots and lots of chapters and I'm like, why is not we really raving about this book? Because this isn't really like mind blowing and earth shattering. And then I read this book about Ro, this chapter about Roe versus Wade. And they said that were trying to figure out why, uh, actually, sorry, it wasn't about Roe versus Wade. It was about, the chapter was about crime reduction when President Clinton took office, mm-hmm. and tr- violent crime in America dropped in '93, '94, '95—like 30% violent crime dropped year after year after year. And of course, the, the dot-com economy was booming. And crime was plummeting, and Clinton was sitting there taking taking uh, credit for for all of it. Mm-hmm. When really, you know, Bill Gates probably had more to do with it, and Steve Jobs had more to do with it. But uh, Clinton did a great job and got reelected. And so I'm reading this chapter, and they're trying to figure out why the crime rate is dropping. And they talked about the drug of choice shifting from an aggressive crack cocaine back to heroin. So they disproved it; it wasn't related to it wasn't related to street drugs. Mm-hmm. They tried to relate it to policing tactics, and they talked about Giuliani and Bratton and the squeegee guys and the graffiti guys, mm-hmm. and they're like, wait a second. you know, 95% of the country doesn't utilize those same policing uh, methodologies, so it's not that either. And then they talked about the booming dot-com economy of Clinton, and they went into pockets of the country that was not the beneficiary of that Economy like upstate New York, Buffalo, Rochester. There were certain areas that were not booming from the economy, and yet the crime rate was dropping. Hmm. So they sort of quasi disproved it because there were areas that were still in the Rust Belt and the Sun Belt that weren't benefiting from the economy, but violent crime was dropping at the same rate. Hmm. So then they say uh, they de- they say something extremely extremely radical, which is that Roe versus Wade gave abortion rights to lower middle class and poor people, not, you know, minorities in the ghetto, Mm -hmm. white people in Appalachia, poor white people all across the country. And they said that in 1993, that was 20 years into Roe versus Wade, and it's very controversial, but they were basically saying that anybody that was born into these three or four variables, a broken home, Uh, lack of college education, unemployment, drug addiction. Mm -hmm. If you had those three or four variables, the probability of you going on to lead a life of crime or violent crime uh, was like 10, I'm making this up, 10-fold, 11-fold, 12-fold higher Mm -hmm. than someone that was born in a family that had parents that stayed together, there was no no alcoholism, Uh, one of the parents was college educated, blah, blah, blah. So basically the argument was that the crime rate was dropping mm-hmm. because because of the accessibility of abortion to people that lived in these circumstances and would-be violent criminals – were now not born. The the, the right. young males, white or black, that were born into those into those poor circumstances that would lead to crime that would have been turning 19 and 20 in 1993, 1994, 1995, mm-hmm. those future criminals were now not being born. Wow. That is an incredibly radical thing to say, yeah. and I may have screwed up what that chapter says, but I just thought that that was like earth shattering Mm -hmm. like you've got to be kidding me you're saying the crime rate is dropping by 30 percent a year because would-be criminals weren't born right basically what the chapter said yeah pretty radical pretty radical yeah you
0: know i've i've actually kind of heard that before i didn't know it was in that book but that's a fascinating concept and it makes sense and you know i mean for look i'm not here to tell anybody they should like abortion or anything i mean i certainly want to defend it because I think that it's necessary, um, but you know everybody's going to have their own opinion about it. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it saves lives. It's it, it in so many different ways because so many people tend to think about abortion like the single woman who's being promiscuous, getting pregnant. But there's so many, you know, whether it's rape or abusive relationships, or there's even the, you know, there's girls that are born in red states and they're taught not, you know, you should be a virgin. Um, and you shouldn't use birth control and this and that, and then they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I wrote a book with my mother called The Virgin Diaries, and we interviewed people about their first sexual experiences, and part of the reason I wanted to do that is because as a country, so specifically as a country, we're so uptight about sex, and we think that if we introduce our children to sex, that they're going to, that's that's like going to be a green light that they're going to run out and have sex, and when I was a kid, I was interested in it, but I didn't want to have it. I just I was kind of like a prude and scared, and sex scared me. But it, it was everywhere, and I and I. It's like education. It's about education and having the, uh, the the availability to be able to, like you said, plan your family the way you want to makes all the difference. And I, you know, I mean, I hope that Roe isn't destroyed, but I hope that if it is. I hope that uh, we are able to come up with a way to codify it in the constitution so that it just sticks and they can't do anything about it because they're always going. They're always going to use fear and uh, to, to fundraise off of. Um, so I told you I would only. Yeah,
1: been, they've been doing that since you know. Since I mean, forever. With, yeah. with Roe, they've been doing it for decades. But yeah. also they do it with the national endowment with Robert Mapplethorpe and all that Jesse Helms and Andre Serrano stuff. They always like to turn things into a political football yes. they drive wedges and they
0: try to fundraise off of it totally that's always the case um but okay so i told you i was going to keep you for an hour for an hour so before i let you go i'm just got one more question for you and you kind of touched on this a little but maybe you'll think of All something right. different uh, i'm
1: pulling up to my doctor's appointment so i'll, I'll give you the best answer i can am um, i was supposed to be there at twelve 15. i'm running a few minutes late but only for
0: you kimberly uh, okay what kimberly we- <laughs> with a second e you thanked me for spelling it right when i first texted you i love that that is important to me um okay i so- spelled it kimberly with a second e and you were like thank you for knowing that what do we have to be hopeful about billy
1: uh, I, what do we have to be hopeful about? Yeah. Oh boy, there's, there's, it, it's such a tough question because it's such a tough time.
0: Yeah.
1: It has been for the last couple of years between the divisiveness of Trump and the isolation and loneliness of quarantine and the pandemic. But I think the future is bright. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think, uh, with the right, uh, progressive moral leadership. Um, you, know, you talk to all of these Christians out there. It's like, <sighs> I live my life more by the teachings of Christ and yes. I'm not even a Christian. Yeah. You know right. I mean, yes. and I just think doing the thing that's morally right uh, on social issues, which is what liberals do, um, is, is, is it, it, there's, there's hope in that regard. I think the economy is going to recover. I think Delta is going to run its course and hopefully there won't be another variant that comes right. in and devastates us and, and rocks the economy again. Uh, and, um, I just look forward to finding uh, a way and hopefully it doesn't take another nine eleven type of, of, of event to unify the country, but it may take the right type of leader.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, like, like, a, like a JFK or like an MLK. Um, actually, that's not going to work with 30% of the country. Not, a, not an MLK, but uh, I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I, I think, I think, I think progress, I think healing, I think going after citizens united Mm -hmm. i think addressing the issue of climate change Mm -hmm. i think economic recovery i think access and opportunity i think all of that we have to continue to fight for and if we have the improvement that i anticipate with uh with president biden and the future of of liberalism and the democratic party i think we're we're headed back in that direction i think if we elect uh, trump or the wrong republican Anytime, either in, in 24 or beyond, I think, uh, uh, clearly, I think we're headed in the wrong direction again.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for being on the show. Talking to you is so much fun. I really enjoyed this conversation. And, um, before you go, why don't you tell everybody where to find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at Billy Baldwin and on Instagram at the Billy Baldwin. Those are the only two social platforms that I have. Uh, again, Twitter at Billy Baldwin and Instagram at the Billy Baldwin. And yes. uh, I'm usually talking politics on Twitter, and I'm usually having just telling crazy, fun stories about my wacky things going on in my life, or in my family, or in the world on Instagram. Yes, I love
0: love your Zoolander's Muse picture on Instagram. I know you got to go. So you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And you can find my books on Amazon. Thank you, Billy. Have a good doctor's visit. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So much fun. Let's do it again. Okay, we will. Bye-bye.